Alright, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Pips Creek, the cafe. You know, here at the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around a drink. And today, I always have my water. Boom, boom, boom. Bam. Ooh, I can never get this right. Anyway, I always have my trusty HTO. For those of you who don't know, this says, I love my podcast. It has peepscreek.com on there. It has the logo. And it also has host Sean on there. Boom, boom, boom. All right, and I am drinking um, a Uptown Rocks drink. However, it actually is supposed to be with gin, but when I put in the pod into the Bartesian, I forgot to switch the rum to gin. So anyway, it's with rum. So let me see what it tastes like. Hey, alcohol is alcohol. <laughs> All right, <laughs> today... I am joined at Cafe virtually this time by Denise. Say hello, Denise. Hello, everyone. Oh, look at you. You got you got a little cup over there. It says, I love my wine. It's Finally. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I know, I, what are you doing with the camera? Dude? Look, I'm not an influencer. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> wait a minute. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my lord! She got a cup, and it says, "Guess I, I love my wine." Wait, wait yeah, there, we, there we go. Boom! But it there really should say co-host down here. I don't know what you're doing because I mean, I'm the only one who comes here. Wow! Actually, I recorded <laughs> with my friend yesterday. I did a happy oh, hour episode bad. that I have available, but. I put that on there because you always say, I may not always be here, but this, that, the exactly, third, whatever we do at the I mean, end. I feel like this year you might as well just make me a co-host. I've been on every episode, but okay. <laughs> I agree. I concur. Oh, and actually, All right. do you want to know what I'm drinking on? Yeah, what are you drinking on over there? I'm actually drinking on some cranberry wine. I made it kind of like a cranberry sangria, so I have some strawberries and some fruits in there. You can't really okay. see the other fruits, but it's it's down there. Why is that? Why is it lit at the bottom? Is it a lit like a no, light? No, that's the actual light? fruit. It's crazy though, right? It's the fruit yeah, that's making it, it that way. It, it makes it look like there's a light in the glass. Mm -hmm. Good job. Look at you. I don't have right. that type of money. <laughs> All right. So we are on, but let's do this before we go into our episode 72. Let's do a little kudos to your background. You got a little background back there. You you must have missed the little flowers from over here at the studio, huh? Actually, I was like, oh, you know, it's a little plain every time I do it from home. So let me try to get something. When you go to Amazon, please read everything. <laughs> Why? What happened? I thought it was actual like leaves. And even when I read the reviews and looked at the pictures, it literally looks like it's leaves, you know, like uh -huh. real leaves. And then I get it and it's a clock. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's better than nothing. I mean, you know, it's like a backdrop. That's all. That's like all Dorian kept saying, Mom, next time, make sure you read because this is the second time it happens to me. But you know, the next time you hear, just take, I have a whole lot of this, the stuff that I have on my wall, the green. I have a lot left. You see, oh. my intentions were I wanted this type of background like this, like a lot of grass, because I wanted to put LED lights. Mm -hmm. That's what you can do that with that. You just have to do it. So you just have hanging, hanging leaves. I want a whole thing. Well, because I have I wanted it that way because I kind of wanted the illusion of you know how vines grow on the side of how that's old exactly what yours I, looks like vines. That's what I wanted. That is yeah. the concept that I want because I, you know, you go to we're off topic, but when you go to like some restaurants or, or whatever, and they have that big green thing on the wall, a lot of times, and then they stuff stuff on it. But I kind of still wanted my pictures to pop out in between, mm -hmm. so that was my idea of doing. It. I think it looks good gotcha. though. You well, don't think so? No, because now I can't put my LED light. I'm talking about mine. Oh, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. The level of disrespect to the studio. You know, the no, time, energy, and effort. All right. So we are on episode 72. We are still on our international crime discussions. We are on 72. It is Lucas 
the mysterious banker out of the United Kingdom. All right. So when you watch the episode, let's start here, Denise. Did you come to a conclusion, guilty or innocent? Where are you on this? Guilty. All right. No doubts in my mind. Yeah, I, I I think he's he's suspiciously guilty in my head. Yeah, I, you know there might be some wiggle room there. All right, so let's mm. give the people a little backdrop. So Lucas is a 32 year old personal banker. He works at Santander. How do you pronounce it? Banco Santander, okay, but obviously yeah. in the UK. Yeah, in the UK. And he is originally from Poland and he came to the UK after he went to Germany to get a degree. And then he went to UK to get another degree. And his degrees are in finance and some other stuff, but all dealing with money, right? All dealing with banking, the banking industry and all of that. He is charged with fraud and theft. He's been accused pilfering 26000 pounds from a 78 year old who was his client. He was her personal banker and he is accused of trans taking out 26,000 pounds from her account and God knows doing what with it. And this happened in May, 2015. And so in 2015, the pound was when you did the conversion, it one pound, it was equal to a dollar and 58 cent in America, right? So when you did the true calculations in and and converting it to US dollars, it amounts to him purportedly stealing $41,000, out of this woman's account. And they indicated that it was her life savings. So it was Yes, she was what, 78 years old. Yeah. And it it appears as if he kind of milked her dry, right? <laughs> All right. Look, uh-huh. At forty-one, I don't have that that amount of life savings. Imagine working hard, seventy-eight years old. That's all you have, and then one day log into your account and see that that's gone. Yeah, is it? That's- yeah, kind of, kind of sucked. Oh, by the way, people, I am trying out a new portable hookah. It's actually good quality. I actually like it. And the clouds are not that bad, actually. Let me see. Let me do a little test for you. I mean, I don't think I asked for a test, but okay. Ah, All right. So how how did this come to the radar of the police? I think we're assuming, right, that the, well, actually from the police, it's because the bank had already started an investigation and they took what they had to the bank because based on what they had already investigated, they came to the conclusion that it had to be Lucas. And so how did, what was some of the information that the bank had that made them believe that it was Lucas who was the prime suspect? So, so they had evidence that the 26,000 pounds that you mentioned somehow mm-hmm. turned up in Lucas's personal bank account. So when they questioned him, he claims that the lady had gone to him and told him that he was owed some inheritance. How you say that? Inheritance? inheritance from his father who died. Inheritance money from his dad who had passed away. He believed it, which what? <laughs> and so he went ahead and put it on his account. Now, he didn't say that the client, the 78-year-old, did that, remember? He said that there was a, some lady who a was lady. a solicitor who appeared to be a solicitor and she knew a lot of information from him about his right. background. She knew where he grew up. She knew where his dad grew up. She knew what her, her dad, his dad did, even though we don't hear exactly what his dad did for a living before he passed. She knew where he grew up. She knew addresses. She knew all this information and she came into the bank and she was dressed appropriately and he believed her and he believed that the money was associated with an inheritance from, from, from his dad. Now, why are you shaking your head? Why you don't believe that? I mean, because at that point is when I would have looked at Mr. Greg Stewart and been like, with all those years, basically he spent eight years in the education. You mean to tell me he was that crazy to say, Oh, sure. Let me put that money. Let's go back to trauma. 
Okay, from the last episode when you no, you, no, Casey we cannot Anthony, use all the, trauma on the, this the, one. <laughs> what trauma are we using on this one? Because we the death of his father, trauma. the death of his father. No, 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 no. I refuse. I refuse to incorporate trauma into this case. Wow. Nope. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. So that's what that's what he says happened, right? And then, <clears throat> so. Ultimately, he was terminated from the job, right? And so when his father died, he was taking care of his stepmom and his 13-year-old brother. And the three of them lived in a house that they all rented. And it, it appeared that Lucas was kind of the one taking care of the entire family. And so when once these allegations came up and he was terminated, then he had to get out the house. They had to move like 400 miles away. And when I say they, the stepmom and the brother, which I really don't know why they just didn't live together and the stepmom worked because she looked like she was capable of working. But and then he ultimately ended up just renting a room and all his possessions he had to sell off or get rid of. And what remained of his possessions was what? Do you remember? He had two suitcases with a few shirts, a few pair of pants, some socks, and that's it. Look, that I'm so looking sad. at you like, no, why? I mean, because this is a man who worked hard. He's educated. He spent all his time going to school so that he can help support his family. And now he can't support them. You don't. Without going too much into it, because you haven't really gone too much into it. Why mm. would you allow this to have happened? Well, he didn't do it. He said. Nah, sir. The lies kept coming up. Oh, my God. All right. So he is represented by whom, Denise? Criminal. One moment. Let me go to my notes. I'm solicitor. So sorry. Criminal solicitor Greg Stewart and mm -hmm. barrister Ravinder, R-A-V-I-N-D-E-R, mm -hmm. Sambi. S A I M B H I. Yes. And she right. was awesome. She was, yeah, she, but she, she didn't take no shit. Period. No, she, she was like, you're not about to lie to me, sir. <laughs> and so, interesting enough, the law firm that Greg Stewart works at is the same law firm that represented Kennedy from episode 71. So, and the name of that law firm is GT Stewart Solicitors, and his name is Greg Stewart. So, I think he might be a partner there, like over the, the, the law firm. What did you think about him overall as a lawyer? I think he tried his best, but I think, you know, I hate to say what, what I think other people may or may not know, because when it comes to defense, like lawyers and stuff, you as a lawyer may know that your client is guilty but if you're trying to represent them, you're going to have to probably move that he's not. But I was just sitting there saying, sir, do you not see how he's lying? Like, do you not see how this doesn't make sense? <laughs> and he like kept trying and trying. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. So when he went to go talk to his lawyer, they kind of talked about his background, the fact that he went to school in Germany. He asked him, why did he leave Poland? Because that's where he's from to go to Germany. And what was his response? Why did uh, he go to school in Germany? I didn't write that down. I don't think uh, I care too much. <laughs> <laughs> I And I don't know why he was asking it, but I think part of it was the fact that he seemed transient in the sense that that could be seen as a bad fact for him for a jury in UK that he he's not really grounded or rooted in UK. And so the thought process could have been, I think maybe the prosecution could have pushed to the jury is that, look, this is a guy who moves around out of sheer convenience, right? He has no real ties to this country. He's just here to use our system. And he came here with the intent purpose of pilfering this money from people in his role, right? Because he went to school in Germany. The reason he went to school in Germany is he said that the school was free in Germany. And then he came after he finished his degree there, he came to the UK so he could finish some additional studies in banking and financing and things of that nature. So that's why he was there. The lawyer also 
indicated some of the major facts or some of the issues that are not necessary. They are facts, but they are things that he had to deal with from the societal perspective is that you have an elderly woman taken advantage of here, right? Mm -hmm. That fact alone is sympathetic to a jury, right? And they may look at this 32-year-old who is attempting to establish this rapport with elderly clients and taking advantage of them in the process of, quote unquote, helping them with their finances, right? Because he was her personal banker. What do you think about that? Did you think did that? I think you hit it right on the nail. It's, it's true. And that's all I kept thinking. Like I mentioned earlier to you when you mentioned about about the money, this is a 78 when you said that it was her lifelong savings, a 78 year old defense defenseless woman because what can a 78 year old lady do you know what i mean like maybe she worked so hard for this money and now she logs in one day into her account and that money's not in there you know like uh, but what about what about the possibility mm-hmm. that she set him up by sending that lady to pretend like she was there was no helping. evidence there's nothing that would indicate that was the case and and that's I, I want to say that's assumption because they didn't really specify who was the lady that had mm-hmm. his personal details or mm-hmm. that went to him, which mm-hmm. I was assuming this entire time until you mentioned that it was a solicitor, that he was saying it was the 78-year-old woman who had come to him with his personal details saying this is your inheritance money. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they really said who this lady that came up to him with the details were. Yeah. And I don't think uh, here's the thing. I don't think. And, and again, this is only an hour show. Right. But his lawyers didn't seem to investigate that. So either they discounted it immediately or they did investigate it, but didn't really say it on the show. And it just didn't pan out that it was something that he could prove. Right. All right. Agree. So, so anyhow, let's talk about some of the the things that happened. So the 26,000 pounds that left the 78-year-old client's bank account, mysteriously, that amount went into Lucas's Barclays account, right? So he received this $26,000. What he indicated was is that he received this $26,000 because some solicitor woman came in and had all this information about his family and the background and his father died. And she was indicating that this was his inheritance, right? And so the money that showed up in his Barclays account, he just assumed, hey, this is my money. Right from my my dad's estate, I mean, he, he gone. So show me the papers, because usually a lawyer comes to you and tells you. By the way, there's a will, and your father has left some stuff. We need to meet, and uh-huh. after we meet, I'll tell you what your father left you. Well, maybe he didn't have a will. Maybe he didn't know that his father had a, like a four hundred one k from his job, and so this lady is telling me, "Hey, you know, your father had this Come money." On we're talking about a man who has eight years of education experience on money. Okay. So his lawyer hires Barrister Ravinder. Ravinda? Ravinder? Is that how you pronounce her first name? He hired her because there was some evidence that came out about transactions relating to not only this lady's account, but another lady's account. And part of the internal investigation from the bank was that Lucas's password username was linked to every transaction related to the 78 year old account. And so there was information that what happened was, is that another client of Lucas's had died in early February, but apparently Lucas didn't make any indications on any of the documentation for the bank that this lady had died. And so what, what occurred was the money was transferred from one account to this deceased lady's account, right? And then the lady's username, password, ad, physical address, all these things were updated after she had died, right? And so there was no documentation, again, from the bank about this lady dying at the time. And what was Lucas's argument as to why that didn't happen because <laughs> you, you said 
You say you took a lot of notes, but well, you basically said everything I took. <laughs> <laughs> so what he said was is that it takes three to five people to oh, that's from the right. bank. Three to five people from the bank to actually approve it. So it's not something that's just him. So in order for those changes to happen, someone has to approve it. It can't just be him who would approve that information on all those different changes. But when they when the police went back to the bank, the bank was like, nah, bruh, that's not how it works. Mm-mm. That's not the process. That's not how we do things. He can basically change it himself, right? Yeah, she um, the the people, the person that they asked, I did take notes on that. And mm-hmm. I did write that it was three people. He, he claimed that it had to go through three people and a line manager. Mm-hmm. And when they went back to the bank, the lady was like, she gave a statement and she said, that's not right. You don't need mm-hmm. three people. You don't need line managers. All you need to do is complete a form and an electronic slip. And he didn't do none of that. Right. And so the, the revendor kind of pulled bank transactions from the dead lady's account and Lucas's personal account. And what was going on with those transactions? What was the evidence showing? So they showed that the the dead lady's account was used at some places, which were the same places that Lucas had on his account. Like one was a pub that he would usually mm-hmm. two go breweries. to. Mm-hmm. Two breweries. And then I have Casbah. I didn't write what Casbah was. I don't know. I'm but, not sure. And then Cash the, was also. Yeah, but what was the point about the transactions? What was the significance of the transactions? They were similar in the figures mm-hmm. and similar on the dates, like maybe yeah. one or two dates. So basically what was going on is that Lucas's debit card was used at this brewery, two breweries. It's called two breweries. And for instance, he bought a drink and it was 12.90 pounds. On that same day, the the dead lady's account purchased the same thing for $12.90, 12 12 pounds and 12.9 pounds on the same date, same location. So what they were saying is, Lucas, look. Whoever this is, they're mimicking everything you bought at the same day. So how is it that this person is basically traveling with you or following you or doing something so that it's the same transactions? And what kind of was his response? Did you look at your notes before we started? I did, but I honestly, let me be completely honest with you. He was guilty Mm. from the beginning. From the point that they said that that money had ended up on his bank account, he was guilty in my eyes. I mean, I don't think nothing else. So you just stopped taking me. notes. <laughs> I mean, you no, just I mean, we taking have notes. notes in here. But you basically said everything that I have my notes on. So what he was saying is that he doesn't know what happened, right? But then he doesn't know how that's the case. But he said to Ravinder, "Look, I would be stupid to do that. Why would I?" use this dead lady's account, go to the same establishment, use my same account information and use the dead lady's account information to then get the same purchases so that they line up perfectly. That wouldn't make sense. And so the only answer to this is that this is the work of someone else. And this is the work of someone who is part of some kind of organized crime, right? Remember that? And so Ravinder was like, okay, but my question to, to that is, if it's organized crime, who is doing it, A, and why you? Why are they targeting you? And I don't really think he gave a good answer on why mm-hmm. he thinks it's organized crime and why he thinks they would target him. Did, did you, what was your thought on that? Read Ravinda asked him, Was he ever in possession of the debit card? And then yeah, he same. said that he couldn't remember, but if he ever did have it in his hands, it was in the back office when he had to sign the paperwork. And that's why I'm like, Then you were in possession. Don't say 
you were never in possession of that card, if you may think you may have been in possession by having it in the back office when you're signing paperwork, like you're guilty, sir. Oh my God. But the other thing was, is that the address that was his was address <laughs> that was changed guilty. from the dead latest count <laughs> happens to be an address associated with Lucas as well. But don't you, I mean, going back to his education, don't you think that would be stupid of him to do? I mean, don't you think he's smart enough not to do that? But then explain to me how all these coincidences, how, is that how you say it? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just proud of myself for being able to say that word. But then explain to me how how can you really explain one, the money went into your account Two, the transactions match your bank account. Three, mm -hmm. it's your username. It's your password that's being used. It's mm -hmm. your address that's being used. You handled that dead lady's account. Nobody else has handled it after you. Well, we don't know that, but that's definitely the way it was presented, yes. Nah, I know that. I don't know how, <laughs> but I know that. <laughs> I mean I mean, isn't there I, some again I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question. I'm so sorry. But it goes back to what you said earlier. The lawyer, the solicitor is trying to, to present to us this educated man with these years, these two degrees on finance, and I'm looking at it differently. I'm looking as I'm looking at it as he knows how to do it because he has that experience. It's like perfect example, me, right? Mm -hmm. My background for the past 15 years has been health because I work with health. I know mm -hmm. the ins and outs of the health. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna commit fraud or anything, but <laughs> I'm, if I'm, I really you, wanted you to. I could, I, I would know how to, you know what I mean? Like, are you, you about to do a, I am not about OJ, to do anything. OJ Simpson, I, you know, if I did it type of explanation. I, I need my job, but I'm saying, you know, like, I think that's a disadvantage to him. I know they're trying to make it seem like an educated person that knows the ins and out of it. Wouldn't commit that, wouldn't do that. But I see it differently. I see it as he has the years of experience, which means by now, with the years that he has, he knows how to do things. And he did it. I think he never thought, though, that the lady would have said something or that the bank would have started the investigation. Yeah. So I, I think what I hear you say is that... That he's guilty. He, <laughs> I think what I hear you say, and I'm going to regurgitate what I think I heard you say, is that because he was dealing with a 78-year-old woman he thought that she was not savvy enough to exactly. recognize these things going on with her account maybe she wasn't checking it as regularly and maybe she was not in the best health so she probably wasn't gonna be here long anyhow or something like that and so he was doing this now thinking that it would never come up because she wouldn't say anything to him is that what it's, i kind of hear that's you exactly what you're what that's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, part of the other evidence that was in the, these documents. My bad. <laughs> yeah. And these documents is that money from the dead lady, she was dead in February, early February. Sometime about a month later, there were cash withdrawals coming out of this dead lady's account. And then those that money was then deposited into Lucas's personal account, right? Cash was withdrawn, then deposited. And so Ravinder was like, okay, so where is this money coming from? How did you get these cash deposits into your account? And what was his response? He had a second job. He had a second job. What was his second job? At a restaurant and they would paid him cash. Right. So that's and, why the deposits were there. Right. And then he was like, well, I can, I can, I can get proof of that. And Ravinda well, she was she like, asked him, can you get me, if I ask you for proof, will you be able to get me proof? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll get you proof. Yeah, I'll get you proof. But then she said, she said, he, he said something. And she was like, no, not that you think you can get it. Get me the proof. <laughs> Remember? But stop there. Ultimately, he wasn't able to get the proof of the second. Why? Job. Why do you think, Sean? <laughs> so I put on my hat, my other hat, and I 
didn't immediately think that was a negative point. I thought maybe. Oh, you need to prove it to me now. How? I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you. Because if if he was paid cash, that means that the company he was. Let me finish. The company he was working I'm for. I'm not saying anything. I'm just was, shaking my head. <laughs> was in was first hired him improperly, right? So for him to get proof, the organization would have to admit that we broke the law by allowing him to work under the table, right? That's number one. So what organization, what professional organization is going to say, yes, we hire him, we paid him on the table because we didn't want to do taxes and all that, blah, 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 right? So that's a legitimate reason why he may not have been able to get the documentation showing that he had the second job waiting tables and getting paid under the table with that explanation let's assume for the sake of argument that Guilty. that that is a valid reason are you still going to say I, yes why <laughs> <laughs> because so i know that he's in a situation where i'm gonna have to prove this if i want to be innocent if i want to be found innocent i'm gonna have to tell them hey this money is coming from a second job but that was your opportunity to say when Ravinder if, if I'm saying her name correctly asked you will you be able to prove to me that you're getting this cash from this second job he should have said Ravinder I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to why because this is how I was hired I was hired they were paying me in cash so they wouldn't have to put it on the books because of what, whatever, whatever the case is, this is your opportunity to be honest with your lawyer. That's the person that's trying to defend you. So mm -hmm. that's when he should have said, instead of telling her, Oh, I'm gonna get you the proof. He should have just been honest with her because he knows he was hired that way. He cannot sit there and say, Oh, I didn't know the, the restaurant was not going to pay me in, in checks because of what they were doing. He knew. So no guilty. <laughs> <laughs> like I need a drink after that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So then at the conclusion of that Wait, meeting. Wouldn't you agree with me? Yeah. I mean, maybe the, the thing is, is that, you know, you'll be amazed at the fact of you being a lawyer hired to represent someone's interest. You'll be amazed at how often people leave out details not because they are intentionally trying to hide something, but they don't want them, themselves to look bad or they don't want to bring in other people or implicate other people. And so I don't think it's necessarily odd, right? Not everyone is going to, you know, you see some of these shows, as soon as the police come, they start screaming and talking and singing like a bird. Not everybody does that, okay? And there are people who really do think about, I don't, you know, yes, I know other people were impacted or involved, but I don't want to bring them in because I don't want to make them look bad. They helped me when I was down and out. Here I am trying to take care of my stepmom, my 13-year-old brother who needs me in his life. And so they were helping me do this by letting me work a few shifts. So why would I bring them in and make try to throw them under the bus? But I, I mean, so I hear what you- I get it. I get it, but I see it so differently. I mean, of course, you see everything differently. I mean, you ready to I throw do. this man under the, the jail cell. <laughs> He's about to do the three years that, that he may be facing. <laughs> All right. So so anyhow, Ravinda then tells him, look, I'm not telling you to plead guilty. <laughs> but you might want to think about it because if you plead guilty to it, you might receive a little mercy, right? And you might not receive any jail time. It might just be probation or it might be very limited jail time. And so and this evidence evidence is too much, boo. You lying too she, much. So she she did not say that, but she did say she the evidence is pretty that. strong. <laughs> she did say the evidence is strong against you, bro. You might want to think about this goddamn plea deal if there's one given to you. But he takes like three to four days, he mauls over it. And what does he decide? He's going to prove that he is innocent, that somebody is after or behind all this. And mm -hmm. he is going to preserve his name. 
His, Did I his say integrity, that right? right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What he said was he says that the sentence of three, the potential sen- sentence of three years is more than just a sentence if he pleads guilty because it's it's his life and it's going to be a conviction on his record and it's going to impact him for the rest of his life. Now, that's a valid point of consideration, particularly given the area that he he went to school for. He went for financing. He was in banking. He would never probably be hired if he just readily admits to guilt. He right. probably would not be hired in another financial institution. And in America, you know, I don't, I'm not in the UK, so I don't know how extreme it is. But not only would it po- possibly exclude him from banking, it can exclude him from working at Family Dollar as a cashier, right? Because you're stealing money. You've been, a, <laughs> I'm saying. So I hear what he's saying. What he was saying is the ramifications of me pleading guilty when I know I'm innocent. Right. I knows I'm in it. Dude, the right. evidence against you says otherwise. I mean. Uh, I know take, I'm innocent. So why would I plead guilty for that? Mm. Uh-uh. Even even with that, even with what he said, I was still like, you, you must, you must be crazy. Take it. Take it because you're going to be found guilty. There's no way these people are going to say that you're innocent. So I was, I, I wrote a question to you and I said, if you were in that situation, what would you do? (laughs) Why? (laughs) You would know, would you plead guilty? I'm I'm going to put myself in Lucas' position. Hold on. Let me take a be real, real quick. Oh my gosh. Go ahead. I'm listening. If I was in his position, meaning that all this evidence has been presented to me, they have me, they, they somehow see the money is on my account. They see that I dealt with this dead lady's information and the, and her account is being used in the same similar transactions. And I cannot tell them who I think may be doing this to, to, to hurt me. I'm going to have to plead guilty. I, I mean, I didn't do it, but I'm going to have to plead guilty because this evidence, there's no way anyone in that jury is going to not think I didn't do it. Well, we'll get to that because, you know, there's a possibility that someone might think otherwise. All right. So, <clears throat> Greg. They could have given the, him probation. Yeah, but we... The, the thing is, he didn't have a solid deal. We don't know what that... He did not have a solid deal. But Ravinda looked was, like she could have worked something out for him. He didn't give her the chance. He could have still <laughs> said, go back to them and find out what the deals are and then come back to me and I'll tell... You know what I mean? Like, he still could have said, then let's talk about the deal. What is the deal? It's because he still would have given the opportunity to say yes or no, wouldn't he? Yeah, but maybe he... Uh, yes. Exactly. You can't even say nothing else because I mean I mean it's his integrity. And there's nothing wrong. I the guess the integrity uh, was already lost based on the evidence, sir. I don't know about that. Maybe you think I mean I hear what you're saying. I also understand his perspective too because he is also taking care of a 13-year-old. And maybe what he wants to instill in that person is you don't allow a system to push you through when you know you didn't do something, right? And sometimes your integrity is worth more than a quick get out of jail free card. So, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Guilty. <laughs> All right. So then his the solicitor, Greg, then once he says, no, I'm not going to take it, they get back into... Let's go look at some of the evidence. So what Greg does is he goes and he looks at the two breweries, right? He goes and visit the, the the bar. And that bar is important because it's a bar that Lucas's go to. Lucas says he goes to a lot because it's like one of the famous bars in that area. And I think he also says one of the only bars in that area. But I, I, I might be adding that fact and in. I think he said his co-workers would go there too, didn't he? Right. 
Yes. Or his he, friends he, or something like his that. His friends, and he can no longer communicate with them because he can't. He's told he can't communicate with any of the people from the bank. He definitely can't talk about any of the 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 allegations that's against him with any of the people from the bank. So yeah, he does say that. So Greg goes visit the 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 bar, two breweries, and what does he when he gets out the car? What does he do? It's a gay bar. <laughs> so he's like, he didn't tell me it was a gay bar. <laughs> right. Now, why? First of all, why does it make fact, a significance? Yes, tell me. I, because the way Lucas made it seem like you mentioned, he said is the only bar, is, is the popular bar because it's where a lot of people go. Mm-hmm. I think, like I mentioned, I think he even said his co-workers or friends may go to that bar. So you're making it seem like it's mixed crowd, you know, mm-hmm. like a mixed crowd where a lot of people may go after work, like Peeps Creek, you know, that we all gather and mm-hmm. have <laughs> drinks and whatnot. You better go ahead and put that little plug in. <laughs> and for it to end up being a gay bar, usually, I'm, I'm not sure because I've never gone to a gay bar, but then it's only, it's not as crowded as you would think a regular bar may be. And it's not necessarily a mixed crowd. It may just be more men than women in there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, so here's the thing. I'm not sure that that really made a significance because two things. First of all, Greg didn't even go in to see what it really was inside. He just saw a <laughs> he just saw he said, a sign this is not my on, type of place. <laughs> exactly. I think this has to do with his own personal shit. He went outside. He saw a f- event calendar that had three events on there, and it looked like it was like some drag shows, right? And interesting, when he met with Lucas, he said, you know, it could be a gay bar or cabaret. Here's my thing. It could be a bar where they do entertainment and part of the entertainment while people are eating or drinking is this show on the stage. That does not necessarily mean that it's a gay bar. And a lot of people, a lot of people go to these cabaret type of bars. You think of Hamburger Mary's and other places like famous like that. They're known for giving outrageous fun shows where people drink, eat and laugh. I've been to them and and I, I love it. Right. So I didn't think it was significant. And I also didn't think Greg did a good job of finding out about that situation, right? He didn't go in. He just automatically assumed, oh, this is a gay bar. So therefore, only gay people go in. So now we limit it to the people who could possibly be accused of using a card. And to me, that's stupid, particularly given the fact that Greg has indicated that he and his coworkers go there a lot. So going back to his point, right, I'm not saying I agree that there was some kind of organized crime, but going back to this point, what if, what if the facts really were that, that there was a coworker who had access to username, password, who set Lucas up using the solicitor's garbage? Because maybe, I mean, my opinion is Lucas is smart, but I also don't think he got common sense. He doesn't come off as if he has common sense, okay? So maybe there was a coworker who frequent that location with him and they were buying each other's drinks, but the coworker was using the dead lady's account. Okay. I'm but still not convinced. Point, you don't have to be convinced, but the point is, is that if you want to present. I do. As a jury, you need to convince me. But if you want to provide any portion of reasonable doubt, if your client is telling you that this is a possibility, someone else must have done this, right? You can use that information to create reasonable doubt. And for him not to I'm go in, and, <laughs> for him, him being Greg, not to do go in and do his due diligence to a find out what the crowd is, find out, talk to the bar. I mean, that's the other thing. Talk to the bartenders. When you go and drink, bartenders, they're like barbershop, barbers. Bartenders, hairdressers, estheticians, the people who do the nails, they know everybody's business because people are in there talking about their lifelong stories, right? Like they're all best friends. 
and they know everybody. So why didn't you go in to talk to the bartender to find out, hey, do you know Lucas? Is he typically here with a group of people? Is he typically here with a certain person or a group of people? You know what I mean? So it was like those things that he could have, he could have done as part of his due diligence investigation. So I didn't, I think that him trying to make that significance sucked as a lawyer for me because I'm like, why the fuck did you go in and investigate the bullshit and find mm-hmm. out the real answers? So, but I think that's that, that you that you said it. That's why he didn't introduce it because I don't think they really talked about other than the fact of him finding out that it was a gay bar. Nothing else was said about it. So, right. I yeah. think and, he, and, and, you know, go ahead. No, go so ahead. they meet. They meet with Lucas for the purpose of Greg is thinking, okay, well, maybe someone is trying to blackmail Lucas. So he meet with Lucas and basically he was like, bro, you gay? Like, tell me so I can know someone is like blackmailing you. And I'm like, bro, where are you going with your line of thought process for this evidence? Like, what did you think about that? I mean, I know you already thought he was guilty, but. Yeah, I didn't really think anything of it, to be honest, because he was already guilty in my mind. Gay bar, no gay bar, you're already guilty. <laughs> you used that money from that lady's account to buy your drinks because you didn't have money. And think about it. He's taking care of the stepmother. He's taking care of the 13-year-old. He doesn't have the money. He's already financially in a bind i mean not in a bind but maybe he's financially stressed i don't know what the word wording is Mm -hmm. that's what made him do this there's Mm -hmm. no way you can prove to me that this man did not do it okay so ultimately they go to trial unfortunately we don't get to see the action in the courtroom the court the, the cameras are not allowed inside but During the cross-examination of the lead investigator at the time of the trial, some new evidence was uncovered, right? Which is always a shitty thing or predicament to be in as a defendant and particularly as the lawyer representing because normally you are prepared to, you know, talk about certain issues, figure out certain facts, cross-examine on certain certain points. And it sucks to find out there's new evidence that came out during a cross-examination. And so what was that new evidence that came out cross-examination of the Another police investigation, another police interview that had been done with him that wasn't presented before. Correct. And not only did the defendant not know well, first of all, he did know, but I'm assuming, I don't know why he didn't tell him there was, I went and talked to the police for the third time. But we also don't know if the lawyers asked him how many times he interviewed with the police because they did turn over some interview. So we don't and know. This is, this is your defense, though. Wouldn't you have been like, show me, I want to know what you have, what you have, what are you working with to try to defend me? And And they showed him his police interview originally because that's how it starts with Mm -hmm. them showing him where he's like i didn't do that so Mm -hmm. shouldn't you have been like what about the other interview that i did what about the other the other thing with the other officer or something like come on lucas come on yeah but i mean you you'd never know until you're in this situation some when you are in the situation particularly in the criminal justice system you're you are thinking that the professionals has everything in control. You, you, you're worried about so many other things at a point that you're not in the mindset of I need to investigate this myself. Some people are, but a lot of people are not. So I don't necessarily hold that against him. But I at the end of the day, it, it's uncovered that there is this third interview. They break the trial so that they can get this third piece of evidence, and it's the interview. And I think this is critical to the defense point right because the prosecution's theme is as a lot of these themes are when it comes to theft and money follow the money and it's going to give you the defendant and it's going to give you the motive right now what was critical and that was uncovered and after the greg stewart reviewed the interview so it re- Reveals that Lucas 
had moved some funds from the dead woman's account to his account. He had then transferred it to a special investment account called an FX mm -hmm. Pro. And when mm -hmm. the police checked that FX Pro account, it was empty. But during that investigate, during that interview, Lucas had revealed to the police officer that he also had an FX Pro account and that he had approximately 27,000 pounds in that bank account. Mm -hmm. And then when they went to look at his account, what did they tell him at the interview? It has zero. Zero. No. Zero. <clears throat> zero. Nada. No. Ni, ni un pound. <laughs> now, I do want to correct something. They didn't say that the, the evidence shows that he moved the 27000 from the dead lady's account to his XF Pro account. What they said is that there, there was money shown to be transferred to a XF Pro account. Mm -hmm. And that Lucas said that he had some money, an investment in that account. But it, they didn't make the connection. It was the same account. And so what the interviewer was saying is, okay, so where's your money? And Lucas was like, bruh, I can't fucking tell you. Like, I'm sitting here talking to you, and I'm just finding out that my bank account is zeroed out. So the only way I can tell you is by speaking to the bank to find out what the fuck happened to my money, right? And wh why was that critical for the defense perspective oh i don't know because at that point i stopped taking notes he was already guilty in my mind <laughs> i did i went straight to the verdict because because the prosecution the bank the investigator no one can identify where this money is no one so he, if you're thinking of the at the two brute brute what is it? Two, <laughs> two breweries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if 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 you're telling the jury, follow the money, but we we can't follow the money because we don't know where the fucking money is. I mean, how do you connect it to him? I get it. It is too coincidental. I can see how people could say it's too coincidental. Money shows up in his personal account that kind of matches this person. These these transactions on the credit card between the dead woman's account, his account kind of match. And I can see that he has this investment account that has, according to him, $27,000 money was moved pounds. from the dead woman's account pounds. Sorry. Was moved from the dead lady's account to an investment account at the same location. And then all of a sudden, all of the money that was in Lucas's investment account is gone. I can see how you can think that's coincidental. But for me, as I think I'm when I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, you're making a big stink about this. No one has told me where the fucking money is. That's that's my big question as a juror. Where is the money? Okay. Did he the bank recover? It. <laughs> like, they couldn't recover it because they mentioned that that they never recovered the money. Right. And they don't know where it's at. So if he spent it, if you have all this evidence showing all these, I'm going to call them minor transactions of, of, of alcohol purchases or food purchases here, why can't you show me the money? What did he do with the money? Why can't you show me that there was a large transaction? Why didn't you tell me that you investigated his family's accounts and there was money given to the family or of you know different pieces and chunks? Where is that? Like I'm I, as a juror, I want to know all that. I'm I'm going to be asking the prosecution because you it's your job, right? It's your job to show me where the fuck this money is, and they didn't. They were not able to do that. So. <clears throat> Ultimately, Lucas, then he gets on the stand and apparently he's cross-examined for over three hours and the the jurors are released to deliberate and then they come back and what happens? They were unable to reach an, a unanimous decision, but then they Correct. were instructed they need to come to a majority verdict. Right. All right. And so... <clears throat> Back to my point. <laughs> I don't. I, I hear guilty. you. Your point was that he was guilty, but obviously the jury didn't think so. With, even with all that evidence that you talked about, are we so sure about that? Yeah, yeah. They couldn't reach a unanimous <laughs> verdict. 
the 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 judge here, you know, if this was in America, the judge would tell them he can tell them go back and don't come back until you get a unanimous verdict, or it would be a hung jury, and then you have to prosecution would have to decide whether or not they want to re-prosecute the case over again to a new panel, right? But over there, they're able to do for criminal cases this majority verdict, right? And so they he the judge tell them go back and do a majority verdict and then what what happens so by the margin of 10 to 2 he's found guilty he's found guilty right and if there was one other person who would have slid over oh, yeah. to the two side then they could not find him guilty so majority mm-hmm. there has to be 10 out of 12 but if it was 9 out of 3 9 out of 3 he couldn't be found guilty so he's released. So I was on part jail. of the ten, and you were part of the two. <laughs> so he's released from jail. I mean, he's released after the verdict on bail, <clears throat> and then he comes back. What, like three weeks later? And then what's his sentence? Before he comes back, though, they interviewed I know. him you, after, you, I and he's talking about. <laughs> well, he's, he's like, only because it's... they didn't seem to even be concerned about it. The, the cameraman, him. right? Yes. <laughs> like I would have followed him. Like, what is going on? When they, you know, after he comes out of the courtroom and not, he's like, they didn't listen to anything. They don't know what they've done to me. I'm going to commit suicide today. That's what's on my head. And he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't the even, yeah, like that, that was kind of odd. Like, they not even trying to intervene to make sure the man ain't. I know. Yeah. Okay. And so then. He is sentenced, and what's his sentence? Two years in prison. Two years in prison. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know where you think the money went though. I I think it went to a ghost account. So you still he's he's very knowledgeable. Yeah, I think he he transferred that into a ghost account. You think it went to crypto? I don't think crypto was the thing back then, was it? Uh, yeah, I think so because I listened to this podcast. They kind of started early, maybe, um, or some other kind of nah, money. Yeah, I, I don't think it went to crypto, but I think it went somewhere. It, it's and I think now that he's out, he has access to it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that, Lucas. We are just assuming. Mm. This is our opinion. Denise does not have any evidence to substantiate that, but I she's do not. thinking. She's thinking because it did. It wasn't left that investment account. It might have went to some ghost account. That maybe. please clarify that before we start getting any mess- <laughs> messages on YouTube. <clears throat> All right. So yeah. So that is episode seventy-two. Sorry if it sounded like we were kind of all over the place, but I don't think so. I think we kind of. Laid out what we need to lay out. Episode seventy-two. You know, Lakers. label him guilty Lucas. since the beginning, but okay. Episode 72, Lucas, the Mysterious Banker. I want to thank Denise for coming on. You want to say something to the people? You're welcome. Nothing. Thank you for listening to us. Accused, guilty, or innocent, new season. So we need to prepare ourselves for more episodes to come. So I'm excited about that. And that's it. I well, I got new glasses. Said, new glasses. I saw them. Yeah, they look nice. Well, I, I thought you said something about the sentence or the continuation or something on HBO or something. Netflix. Oh, my God. What is it called? What was the name of it? When I tell you I cried like this was my family member. Oh, my God. The sentencing. Let me see if that's what it is. All right. And while you do that. All right. So make sure that you check us out on the website at www.peepscreek.com. You can listen to the episodes there. You can leave comments, send us communication. You can actually view the videos as well as next right next to it is automatic transcript of what's going on as well. You can also look us up on YouTube at Peeps Creek Podcast. You can contact us on IG, Twitter, and Twitch at Peeps Creek. We also post videos there. And on Facebook at Peeps Creek Cafe. You can send us an email if you want at cafe at peepscreek.com. All right. And 
as always, I'm the hostess with the mostest. That is Sean. It's always a pleasure to have these conversations. It's always a great feeling to plug my mic on, whether the person who's sitting across from me inside the studio here or if we do it virtually. It's always a great time. All right. What was the thing, Denise? Do you remember? <clears throat> it's called The Sentence. It's on HBO. It was actually the winner in the Sundance Film Festival. It received the uh, audience award for U.S. documentary. How many episodes? It's just one. How if I'm not mistaken, it? it's I can't remember, but it's this the story. It's a brother who is is doing this documentary in a span of maybe eight years or something like that about his sister who was sent to prison. And okay, well, don't a, don't give really out too good. much information. I won't. Okay. I won't. But you have to see well, it. I, you have to I take this. It's take, really good. I, I, I hope you take your notes so, so that when I mean, even if we don't do it. an episode about it, I still think you should watch it and i think everyone should watch it because yeah it's powerful okay all right well that's it and until next time peace and love